everyone. Welcome back to another study break episode. I'm Angelina, your Monday host, and today I'm joined with a special guest. Hi, I'm Dorothy, and I'm a co-founder of Adorpsy. Uh, and Dorothy, where are you from? I'm from Vietnam. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. And Dorothy and I met over the summer at Leadership in the Business World program through UPenn. So it's really fun getting to know her. We didn't get to talk that much, but when she did present her business, Adorbzy, I was so, so, so like, I was so, it was so admirable and I really wanted to learn more about it. So I'm super happy that we get to chat today. But yeah, today we are going to be talking about Dorothy's journey with her company and how her company idea, which is like an innovative sanitary pad product, won the Earth Prize. So, Dorothy, tell us your story behind Adorbsy. So, Adorbsy actually initially started during the pandemic. We started Adorbsy July 2020, and our team consists of three members. We're now co-founders, but it was actually me with two sisters that we're I'm family friends with. And one is currently going to Warren this year, and the other is going to Columbia this year. And basically, we started Adorpsy out of our passion for, for me, I really wanted to work in business and sustainability. And I was very interested in operational chains in terms of like circularity, recyclable items. And the sister who's going to Columbia, she's an engineer. And she was also like very interested in looking into like recyclable materials. And since we're all women, we are very interested in finding like a middle ground between all of our interests and building a project out of it. So initially we didn't really expect to find any success or actually make this like viable project that we could sell out to the market. But it was just a, I'd say like a passion project between the three of us. So it was during the pandemic, which in Vietnam, there was the dragon fruit crisis. So Vietnam's like the world's largest dragon fruit exporter. So for us, it's like one of our strategic industries. But during the pandemic, it was very hard to export like our supplies. So there were lots of riots and like we could see dragon fruit like stalls like all around Ho Chi Minh City because we couldn't export any of them. So they were sold at like incredibly cheap prices. And a lot of dragon fruit like farmers were like living alarmingly like below like living conditions. So it was also developed like as a way to help them of sorts. But initially it was us looking to find like a biodegradable sanitary product for the Vietnamese market since it's like non-existent. And then while we were researching and like prototyping certain materials, triumph peel turned out to be the most absorbent, which is why we worked more on it and developed Adorpsy as a result. Wow, that's really cool. I love that story. And I love that you guys were able to combine your passions and also try to help with a current like issue within your country. So can you talk a little bit about the name? Like, do you, is there a story behind the name? How did you come up with it? Yeah, so we had a lot of names coming into this, but we chose a Dorfsy because I think initially we thought it was like a combination, a combination between adorable and cutesy. 
<laughs> and it just sounded nice. To be honest, there isn't like that deep of a meaning when we first chose it. But as like throughout the years, we thought that adorbsy is like a more approachable way for, I think, Vietnamese people or people from Asia in general to talk about menstruation. It's still like sort of like a taboo like subject in my country, at least. And I think in some Asian countries as well. So I think adorbsy is like, I would like to say like a name that they could use like as a like a conversation starter like maybe about talking about adorbsy in general and then maybe also talking about like menstruation issues menstruation poverty that those kind of issues that people like typically kind of shy away from because of like the issue of menstruation yeah definitely I really like the name too it's like catchy like it rolls off the tongue yeah (laughs) yeah but A bit earlier, you mentioned how you guys did like research and prototyping. Can you expand on that? Like, how did you guys go about that process? And like, what resources did you guys use? So we both uh, are from private schools, which had like laboratories that we had access to. But one of our members also comes from a pharmacist family. So we had access to her laboratory as well. And my mom is a doctor, but she used to work in medicine science. So she had lots of friends that were also working in the field. So to be honest, it was half family connections and half the resources that we were very fortunate to have availability to. But considering it was during the COVID pandemic, a lot of our original like research and our original like product testing was actually like in our kitchens, like just like finding data on solubility and then like t- like extracting the fibers at home and seeing whether like those features that we're seeing on scientific journals were correct. So I think it's totally probable to do that initial first stage at home, finding a initial concept that you can prove. And then uh, you can look into like moving it into laboratories and looking into more like detailed analysis of the thing you're looking at initially. Yeah, definitely. I like how transparent you are, but I also like the fact that you mentioned that you can't do all of this at home. So if listeners, you guys are interested in creating your own product, but you might not have many resources available to you, like it is possible to do like a little experiment in your house, just like do a Google search or like ask the people around you for advice who may be knowledgeable in the topic. But also the fact that you did this during the pandemic, that's really cool because I know like I was sitting in my bed like watching K-dramas, but I think it's really cool that something amazing was able to come out of that. So yeah, but along your journey, just like starting up your idea and just doing researching and prototyping did you face any obstacles along the way and if so how did you overcome them I think the main obstacle for us which not might like might not be too relevant to the audience now is because like I said we did the majority of adorpsy during the pandemic like the project that was building up to the earth prize we also competed in the earth prize during the pandemic we also did a Conrad challenge during the pandemic. So a lot of the achievements that we were able to have was during the pandemic. So 
that like having to work together online all the time having to dot like dot out all these like uh, prototypes and all these like proof of concepts even though we're in a pandemic and like it was very hard because like before like if it was chill then we'd like get to go to lab for I'd say two hours and then we'd be like forced to come back into our homes because we had like a time restriction on like when we can be outdoors but then like in the hard times we were literally like literally literally sorry constrained in our homes like we couldn't go out at all so everything had to be done at home resources were also very hard to find during the time because a lot of businesses that we were previously sourcing from were closed down farms were also hard to access we couldn't physically be there to look at like our available resources so I think that was part of how we struggled during the time. But at the same time, I think that really comes to show how even though you might not have access, it might be physical, it might be some other kind of limitation. Because we're in such like an advanced time, we have like so many ways of communicating or so many ways of like attaining information without having to physically do it or physically be there like for us like not being able to be at a farm we contacted farms we called them we asked for videos and for like prototypes we try to do them at home like replicate similar processes even though it might not be the most perfect we try to do it as best as we could and it was like these initial steps that streamlined the process like that went afterwards after we were not so constrained by COVID anymore and I think that just comes to show how we can do a lot even though the resources are limited yeah and I think that these this obstacle that for you like having to communicate online and do most of your things online or do a lot of your things at home can be very relevant for people today especially if for example, you want to do like a startup idea, but the person you want to do it with is all the way across the world. You guys have to communicate through Zoom or like through another communication platform. So yeah, if you can only communicate through with your co-founder through Zoom, I think that just like hearing Dorothy's advice and hearing like a success story come out of it, it is possible. And just you just have to be patient throughout the process and be flexible along the way. But now with the Dorpsy, what stage are you guys at right now? And like what are your plans for the future? So currently a Dorpsy is at research and development phase. Because it is a sanitary pad, it does have to go through some medical licenses that we have to acquire before we can have it on the market. The initial pad is done, but we're looking into developing for mass manufacturing and finding the most efficient method to actually sufficiently and sustainably cultivate the dragon fruit, as well as utilize the uh, like dragon fruit waste so that we could consistently have our product on the market for a long time. But while that's going, we also were negotiating a manufacturing like manufacturing contract with Itochu. They manufacture like pads for Deanna, Kotex, like a lot of big name brands. But since our family also has a manufacturing chain for pharmaceutical items, we're still contemplating 
between the options that we currently have on hand. But something that we do know for sure is that Adorpsy is going to be on the Vietnamese market by 2025, by the end of 2025, regardless of what manufacturing chain we choose. And while the R&D process is currently being done by the scientists that we hired, we're working on our packaging and all the other steps in order to make sure that that launch does happen. But Adorpsi is now working on it, and we do have a patent in Vietnam and one currently pending in the States. So That is so exciting. Oh my gosh. When the period product does come out, and if it does come to the States, I will be sure to get one. And I will literally text you. <laughs> be like, hey. I'll send one for you. <laughs> um, But going on the market, I wanted to talk a little bit about how you mentioned like you're passionate about menstrual equity and like getting over the taboo of talking about periods. So I was wondering if your like product has any aspect of like whether that's affordability or something else that does tie into menstrual equity. Yeah, so our product is made from giant fruit waste. So the resource is rather inexpensive. And a lot of the actual like funds that's going into like the cost of production is actually like treating the actual waste and making sure that it's um, suitable for use in such a private area. So yeah, therefore, like we're we're trying to minimize the cost as much as possible in order to make it more affordable and available to all viewers in Vietnam because we have quite like low living costs. Our prices, even though we try to minimize it as much as we could, I'll be honest and say that our price is among like average and what it costs, but compared to the states, our prices I think is much lower. May I ask how much do you pay for a pack of pads? It's like three um, bucks. Ooh, I need to search that up real quick. Let's see. It's like it's like eight to eleven dollars. Yeah. Okay. So pads in Vietnam typically cost around one five like one point five dollars. So that's the price that we're currently selling in Vietnam. I cannot ensure that that's the same price that we're going to be selling in the States just because there's a lot more regulations that we have to be meeting and also a lot other costs that we have to consider considering like production, shipping, and it might differ, but I'm quite sure that the cost will be much lower than what I'd say like an average pack of pads in the States would be. And like in most more like developing countries as well. So if anything, I think that the pads will suit as like a more affordable option. And for us, like Adorpsy and my co-founding team, menstrual poverty and like talking about menstrual topics is very important for us. So that will be something that we will also be addressing in our branding or marketing and something that we will be developing further after we've like broken even. Yeah, that's really inspiring. I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. But pivoting a little bit, earlier you mentioned that Adorpsy was able to win the Earth Prize. So first of all, can you explain to the listeners, like, what is the Earth Prize? So the Earth Prize is an international competition where teenagers under 18 can submit their projects or their businesses that are currently contributing to sustainability in the world and 
the Earth Prize will fund them up to $200,000 in like investments. So actually I say 200,000, but the highest prize they have is 100,000. And then they have three other prizes. That's I think 25,000. So yeah, it all adds up to 200,000, but it's quite a considerable amount of funding. And even if you don't receive the investments, they like throughout the way, as you move around the, the rounds, there are uh, many mentors within the business and sustainability, like um, industries that you could talk to in order to develop your project and maybe not at the earth prize, but there could be another opportunity that your project could shine at. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's such a big accomplishment. Like you and your team should be really proud, but Going into the competition, like what inspired you and your fellow co-founders to apply for it? Like I initially started, Adorpsy for us was initially like a passion project. So we didn't really hold much out of it. Like we wanted to use the Earth Prize as like a way of motivating us to actually finish the project or like moving through, like receiving all this free resources that we had like the mentors and it was also like a fun journey for us to like bond and work over something and the application process was pretty like easy as well it's the rounds that get harder but it wasn't like that like hard of a thought for us but like after we got into the finals that when it, that's when like it finally hit us like oh like it's actually something so yeah I guess that's when like we actually found it quite nerve-wracking but things turned out well so I guess it never hurts to try. Yeah, for sure. That's great advice. Like, if you guys are unsure on like, oh, like, oh, would I be good enough to win this prize? Or, oh, should I, do I have the capability to like start this idea? Just like, just take the leap. Like, you never know what will happen. And like, Dorothy's story is a good example of it. But you mentioned that you have to compete in like stages or like rounds for the earth prize like what do you have to do within each round I think there were three main rounds the first one's like you just apply with your project and I it's been a while so I can't really remember what the questions were but it's like basically an overview where you fill out what your project's about what impacts your project has and stuff like that. And then the second round is after the Earth Prize, I think, like filters out the teams until there's like 20 teams left. I'm pretty sure the year where I applied, there were like 600 teams that applied from 144 countries. And then the second round, there were like 20 to 25 teams left. And then to the final round, I think there were five teams left five or ten I can't remember oh it's ten it's ten teams left the final round is ten teams left and then for the second round it's similar to the first round but it's going to be more in depth this time you're going to like really go into your ideas and really show your impact metrics you will also be able to receive the guidance of like counselors this time or like mentors from the earth prize and then for the third round it's pitching and like a, an actual video like talking about what your project is and then you will have to pitch it live to like a panel of judges and they will decide upon who's the winner really cool wow okay so a pretty intensive process definitely okay so moving around to a bit of a different topic just reflecting on your journey with Adorpsy, how has that shaped your identity and helped you grow as a person? 
I think personally for me, Adorpsy really solidified my interest in business and sustainability. So coming into college next year, I'm majoring in business, but I'm intending to take a concentration in probably operational marketing or ESG. It's something that I was passionate about before, but I was unsure whether it was a pathway for me, like career-wise. And I think my work for Adorpsy, like being recognized by competitions and also working with actual like professionals in the field, like while developing Adorpsy, I found passion for the industry and saw that this was a pathway that I could actually lead in life. And something else with Adorpsy was that I kind of realized how, like you said, like some ideas where you have in life where you're like, oh, I don't see how or where this could go to. Like sometimes actually taking the risk and putting work into it, even though you know that it might not work out, it's worth it because in the end, even if it doesn't, then it means that you're developing this I think skill yourself of like trying to find out opportunities in everything, like especially as a business person, I think that's very important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it seems like you have a lot of great advice for other teen entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs that are interesting in like jumpstarting their idea. So if if you had like one piece of advice that you could give them, what would you say? I think if it was one piece of advice, it would be like to not be afraid to waste time or energy, I think. Because actually Adorfsi didn't initially start with Dragon Fruit. We started with other resources. Like we did orange peel, we did like some piper beetle leaves and stuff like that, like some more like random <laughs> materials. It worked out. It was still like a good sanitary pack. There was there there was proof of concept there. It was just that it wasn't the best iteration of what we had. And even while applying to like the Earth Prize, like the change was like a week prior. Like we never really like had a set in mind, like, oh, what would be the best material? We just kept looking for it. And I think just like, like not like holding on to like, oh, I found the answer. That's it. Like continuously looking for ways to just explore, like looking for better options is like how you actually find the correct answer. Because for now it might be driving food, but let's say, I don't know, Adorpsy in five year time, we might find like a more innovative way of creating a more sustainable product. And if that's the case, we will part ways with our current like branding of being like a dragon fruit pad. Because if it's a better way, it's a new way, then we will implement it. Yeah, for sure. Like not being afraid to pivot. And sometimes when you find a better idea or a better route to take, like don't don't just be like stuck in your ways. Yeah, that's great advice. But that's about it for the episode. So I wanted to really thank you, Dorothy, for taking the time and energy to be on the podcast today. And then also to the listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode. And make sure to tune in next Monday for a new one. Okay, talk soon. Bye.